talk to one little word. With this one little word, you are to beat on the cloud and the darkness above you. Chapter 7 of The Cloud of Unknowing. Listen to these words from The Cloud of Unknowing, chapter 37. If a man or woman is frightened by some sudden occurrence of fire or news of someone's death, he is driven by haste and necessity to shout or beg for help. So how does he do it? Certainly not in many words. Why is that? Because it seems too long a delay to express the urgency and agitation of his spirit. And so he bursts out violently and in great emotion and shouts just a short word of one syllable, fire or out. Just as this short word fire soon arouses the ears of his listeners and pierces them more rapidly, so does a short word of one syllable when it is not just spoken or thought but secretly intended in the depth of the spirit. It pierces the ears of Almighty God sooner than any long psalm mindlessly mumbled in the mouth. That is why it is written, Short prayers pierce heaven. Short prayers pierce heaven. To illustrate his teaching, our author uses thoroughly down-to-earth incidents or pictures from everyday life, as real today as they ever were. So our author teaches his readers to be as simple and direct in their approach to God as they might be to their parents, family or neighbours. He suggests addressing God in words of one syllable, Love, or God, no undue deference, address God as you would your nearest and dearest. Keep it short, keep it simple. We're reminded of Jesus' own teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. When you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. Our author is not, of course, suggesting for a moment that God hears us only when we cry or shout. And he certainly doesn't mean that God hears only those who cry loudest. Nor is he saying that God can be addressed only in words of one syllable. He means rather, be simple, be direct. The important thing is to use a word or phrase that is brief and memorable. John Cassian, deriving his teaching from the desert fathers and mothers of the 4th century, taught the well-known prayer phrase from the Psalms, O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Others may be drawn to use the Jesus prayer from the Eastern Orthodox tradition. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The phrase word that John Main taught his followers to use is one that seems to work well for many of us. Maranatha, meaning Lord come. It is short and simple, just four syllables. Thus, Maranatha. It is an Aramaic prayer that we find in the New Testament. We know that when we say it, we are praying in the exact same way as the first Christians. So it's a prayer word that is deeply rooted in the Christian tradition. But when we meditate, there's no need to think about its meaning. We are not thinking at all. We are simply being aware of the present moment. Whatever prayer word or mantra we use, it should be said silently, interiorly and contemplatively in whatever way best suits our breathing. And also it is important to listen to our mantra in order to aid our concentration and to keep our focus. 
Say your mantra was always John Main's simple and straightforward advice to anyone who asked him questions about the practice of Christian meditation. When people start meditating, they often assume that the practice will be easy once they've mastered the technique. But the technique is so simple that a young child can do it. What we have to master is not a technique, but a discipline. And that is a hundred times more challenging. One of the problems we have today is that we live in a world in which we are valued mainly for our skills. A set of skills is marketable. So we find it hard to believe that anything so simple as sitting and saying our mantra could be useful or valuable. Meditating is first and foremost a discipline that needs motivation, perseverance and application. Because he knows from his own personal experience that the practice of contemplative prayer is not easy, the cloud author is very quick to suggest three considerations that may help his readers in chapter 3. The first is we are never alone. We have the unseen saints and angels on our side. The second thing to remember is not to let ourselves ever be discouraged by self-doubt, by our failures in discipline, or by the mockery of others. These are simply the work of the devil, he says, or if you like, our personal demons or nagging doubts about our own self-worth. The third thing to remember is that though, of course, we may have little awareness of how much our faithful and regular daily practice helps others, like a stone thrown into a pond, it sends out ripples and waves in all directions. Other people benefit, not least those who live closest to us. Although he is the first to admit that the practice of meditation is again, in his words, extraordinarily difficult, yet he also insists that when we are given the help and grace of God, it is, in his own words, the easiest work of all and soonest completed. Like any human art or skill, it requires regular committed practice. John Main gave a good example from his own experience. He once went to a concert given by the great violinist Yehudi Menuhin. His playing was so sublime and so relaxed he made it look easy. But of course Main knew very well that the secret of his skill was Menuhin's concentrated hours of practice every day. We do need to practice regularly, preferably every morning and every evening for between 20 and 30 minutes. Remember that all over the world, every hour of the day and night, thousands of others are also doing it, your unseen companions. Like most love affairs, our relationship with God inevitably has its ups and downs. There are times when we find it difficult to make the space for prayer, or we feel unmotivated. And there are times, perhaps quite often, when we feel that God isn't there for us. This is normal, too. Don't worry about it. By its very nature, meditating is making an act of faith in the belief that the practice is self-authenticating. It's what you're called to do. Many would say from their own experience that is the key to life and love.